Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then he then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 112 of Grow Bud Yourself. We have a very special show in store for you guys today. We're giving away some seeds. We got some news. We got Jason Hunter, better known as Inspected Deck from the Wu-Tang Clan and Czarface. We have a cultivation segment featuring a beginner outdoors growers checklist and answers to listener grow questions, all brought to you by Seeds Here Now, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, and Excelsior Extracts. Stick around. Episode 112 is coming at you. All right, you guys, something special for this episode. Get ready for the sizzling Super 420 sale at SeedsHereNow.com from April 17th to the 20th. Don't miss your chance to grow your dream garden with their unbeatable discounts on the finest cannabis seeds from world-renowned breeders. With a vast selection of top-notch strains, they've got something for every green thumb, from the budding beginner to the seasoned cultivator. Experience unparalleled customer service, lightning-fast shipping, and a commitment to quality that's second to none. Mark your calendars and prepare to ignite your passion for cultivation with their unmissable Super 420 sale at SeedsHereNow.com, the ultimate destination for all your cannabis seed needs. Remember code GBY free ship for free shipping at SeedsHereNow.com. All right. Welcome back. As always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the incredible tune. Uh, thank you to you guys for listening. We got an amazing show. And uh, yeah, Mike, how how's how's things with you? Things are well. Things are things are good. <laughs> I'm excited. This is 112. I um we're, we blew our previous free weed record out of the water. So 112 episodes of Grow Bud Yourself. Yeah, yeah. For a total of like 200. 20 something uh podcast episodes for the people out there i think that's uh that's pretty rad it is pretty rad and it only took us 12 years so <laughs> there you go hey all right <laughs> <laughs> well what's uh what's going on out there in the news world well yeah we should definitely talk about the news but you mentioned seeds here now up at the top oh, and i thought maybe right. we should do another little giveaway Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Seeds Here Now giveaway for you guys out there and gals. Um, these are Black Gelato. Uh, this is a limited release from James Loud Genetics. Um, it's a three-pack of auto-feminized Black Gelato, which is Blackstrap times Gelato Auto. <laughs> gelato Auto. Um, and these are from Seeds Here Now. Um, these are the rules for the giveaway. Uh, you want to be following uh, Grow Bud Yourself uh, on Instagram and seeds here now on Instagram, uh, and then comment on the post for this episode. So under the picture of inspected deck uh, that I post uh, under grow bud yourself uh, Instagram, you can comment on that GBY Instagram as to uh, why you deserve uh, these seeds. Black gelato, uh, three pack of autos. That rhymes. And uh, all you guys got to do is follow uh, grow bud yourself and seeds here now on instagram uh comment on the post for this episode episode 112 on grow bud yourself 
um, tag seeds here now uh, and use the hashtag GrowBudYourself. And we're going to pick three lucky winners uh, who post uh, something funny or interesting or whatever they want to post uh, on that uh, GrowBudYourself Instagram to receive these free black gelato seeds. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy. And uh, yeah, get growing now. Okay, so excellent seed giveaway there from Seeds Here Now. I hope everybody uh, takes advantage of that and tries to get the pack. Um, and we're going to do lots more giveaways in the future. So if you miss out this time, don't worry. We're giving stuff away all the time here at Grow Bud Yourself. And what we also like to do is uh, is let you guys know what's going on in the world of cannabis. So here's a couple stories that caught our eye. And let's start in Delaware where uh, Delaware is actually poised to become the 22nd state to legalize marijuana for recreational use. The uh, state House and Senate have approved a pair of bills that would first legalize cannabis and then establish a regulated market for adult use. And those bills are now actually on the governor's desk awaiting his signature, so that seems super promising. The only issue is that Governor John Carney, who actually is a Democrat, has already had the opportunity to sign a legalization bill into law last year, and instead he chose to veto it. This year, marijuana law reform advocates fear he could again kill the adult use bills over concerns that legal weed would increase impaired driving. So the legalization and regulation bills are largely the work of Representative Ed o uh, Osensky. I think I'm saying that right. Osensky. Um, he's tirelessly supported marijuana law reform in Delaware, and the bills easily cleared the Senate with votes of 16 to 4 and 15 to 5, respectively. And as Osensky points out, 60 percent of Delawareans support legalizing recreational cannabis. Now, Governor Carney has until April 26th to either sign, veto, or allow the bills to become law without his signature. Should he decide to veto the measures again, the legislature actually has the votes to override the governor's veto this time. So the marijuana measures would allow adults 21 and older to possess and purchase up to an ounce of cannabis. And within the first 16 months, regulators could approve up to 30 retail licenses. However, public consumption and home cultivation would not be allowed under the adult use law should it pass. So that's what's going on in Delaware. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I hope this guy signs it. It, it doesn't seem likely, but uh, a veto from a Democratic governor is not cool, man. <laughs> send letters, you know, send letters and call the guy's office if you're a constituent. Or if not, be polite and, and nice. Um, but let them know how important it is and how it's the will of the people uh, that this is something uh, that the people want and standing in the way of it is actually a impediment to uh, democracy. So please, you know, let's let's get this thing done. Yeah, and let's get Delaware into the fold. I like this like block we have on the uh, the East Coast, you know, from Maine down to Virginia. Let's just uh, let's keep it going, get Delaware. And obviously we need New Hampshire, but but it's getting there. Absolutely. Okay, so from Delaware, now let's, uh, this is a good one. I like this a lot for some reason. Uh, some shots fired in New Jersey. Uh, so this, uh, the gigantic multi-state operator Curaleaf received some kind of stunning news this week as marijuana regulators in New Jersey have denied the company's license renewal, essentially preventing Curaleaf from growing and selling adult-use cannabis in the Garden State. 
Uh, when New Jersey implemented its adult use retail program last April, well, by the way, I can't believe it's already been a year of legal sales in New Jersey, but when they implemented that program, Curaleaf was one of seven companies uh, approved to transfer from medical to recreational sales. However, unlike uh, Verano and Acreage and Rise, Curaleaf has now been denied a license renewal. The company recently shut down a cultivation facility and it let 40 workers go. And according to regulators, Curaleaf has also clashed with unionization efforts and has not acted transparently with the state. Uh, Commissioner Krista Nash explained that New Jersey's adult use law requires cannabis businesses to maintain a labor peace agreement. The law also mandates that companies engage in collective bargaining within 200 days of opening for business if a majority of its employees vote to unionize. Now, according to Nash, the collective bargaining element is a requirement, quote, not a challenge for companies to find a loophole in the law. It is an explicit mandate. A spokesperson for Curaleaf called the decision by regulators to deny the company its license an outrageous act of political retaliation that lacks merit. So um, you and I, we've been doing this a long time. And uh, we know that these giant companies with all the money in the world and all the political connections, they ultimately end up on top getting whatever they want. But this is certainly an interesting little moment for legal cannabis in the Northeast. I don't know. What do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, what happens is sometimes these companies are getting themselves in trouble by being anti-union, by being anti-home grow, uh, and by not by being anti, you know, the traditional uh, underground market. I mean, we can all coexist together, and the companies that are going to thrive are the ones that have figured that out. Um, and companies like this are going to potentially suffer from basically a backlash from consumers. We vote with our dollars. And um, the companies that are controversial uh, and that are just basically like getting people on board for for the wrong reasons and things uh, aren't aren't going to survive and last, uh, you know, if you're looking at this thing in the long term. So uh, I think, you know, there's other companies uh, out there uh, just as deserving of this sort of thing, you know, so I think it's it shouldn't just be uh, aimed at one particular brand, uh, but Again, we can all coexist without trying to uh, tear each other down. I think there should be a place where people go uh, and have that uh, iStore, you know, Apple Store experience where uh, they can get their vape pens and their uh, gummies. And then there should be a farmer's market where I can go and get my uh, my homegrown, sun-grown, uh, local farm, uh, you know, ground-to-table kind of uh kind of bud and and so there's something for everyone out there and home grow if that's the route you want to take um but standing in the way of it while being a part of it, it you know on another side is not so great and i think definitely you end up with the public uh backlash and people not being on your side so um yeah i mean that's what i would say and uh i think you want a level playing field for the the, the big boys to be able uh, for the you know, for the for the small farmers to be able to compete uh, somehow with that. And I think the way they can do that is with quality. And uh, I think our job as consumers is to uh, spend wisely. Yeah, for sure. It is just kind of shocking that uh, New Jersey took this step. I didn't think that they were actually going to deny the license. But um, but yeah, there's something going on in Jersey and uh, Cureleaf is upset. Regulators are upset. So we'll see how that plays out.
down the road. Let's just very quickly do one more story because this I thought was very interesting. And uh, we're going to Colorado here for this one. And the question is, is the cannabis boom over? Or at least that's the question that some industry watchers are asking after Colorado's medical and adult use sales reached a four-year low in February. Now, Colorado is one of the country's most mature adult use markets. It started uh, you know, recreational sales uh, almost a, no more than a decade ago at this point. And uh, just two years ago in 2021, cannabis sales there soared to a record high of $2.2 billion. However, this past February, combined medical and recreational sales generated $124.8 million. And while that might seem like a whole bunch of money, it's down 3.5% from the month before, and it's actually down 14% from the previous year. In fact, it's the seventh decrease in sales in the past eight months. And as I mentioned, it's the lowest monthly sales figure in four years in Colorado. Now, the State Department of Revenue noted that the wholesale prices have consistently been dropping, and last year, total cannabis sales generated about $1.8 billion. Again, that's a nice-sounding figure, but it's actually down 20.7% from total sales in 2021. So yeah, uh, consistently dropping prices in Colorado. Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of inevitable. There's always like this first rush into business and then a, a thriving thing and then things settle down. I mean, now that they've had a, a decade plus, uh, you know, things sort of settle into where a market is. And I don't think uh, one plus billion a year is, is, is a low number. I just think um, they had high numbers to begin with. And I think also I'm sure the pandemic played a role because uh, Colorado is certainly one of those places that uh, generates a lot of their sales through tourism and people going there um, on vacations and ski trips and and to see music and all kinds of reasons that wasn't happening in the last couple of years. Uh, but again, I mean, I just think uh, people had this inflated idea uh, in their business plans that the public is going to be paying 60 or 65 bucks an eighth because that's what they were used to um, during prohibition. But the cost during prohibition all came from risk uh and 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 scarcity you know droughts okay so if you if there was a drought and you wanted your bud you were willing to pay whatever to get it and 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 outbidding people for ounces of really good bud i mean that's legit real for real but if there's a glut and an overabundance the prices are going to drop and it's going to be a race to the bottom uh for some of the bigger businesses particularly ones that don't have anything that sets them apart uh, whether it be quality or or something unique and different that's just theirs. So I do think that, you know, there's a shaking out uh, uh, in any industry. You know, everyone runs in and then people get shaken out and, and it's a series of things that keeps going. But once the general public realizes that this is a plant that doesn't cost a lot to produce <laughs> or process or any of the things that we're paying these people pre-pro, you know, prohibition level prices, or something that's basically uh, could be much much cheaper, uh, and certainly is much cheaper to produce yourself. So I, you know, I, I I think it's still a huge industry though, and and even if it shrinks, we're still talking about uh, multi billion dollars, uh, which there's only a, a handful of industries that big in the U.S. Anyway, I mean, we're talking, you know, alcohol, automobiles, uh, tobacco. You know, like these are big, huge industries, and cannabis is one of them. 
uh, and only recently even became legal. So there's all these billions of dollars being generated, millions and millions of dollars in taxes, and it's all ultimately a really good thing. It's just, uh, it's new and people got to figure it out. Roll with the punches and adapt to the uh, changes. Yeah, and uh, and that's what they're doing in Colorado, still bringing in, as you said, quite a bit of money, but uh, just, you know, it's leveling off, I guess, a bit there. So that is a brief look at what's going on in the world of weed, but we have a very, very exciting interview coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, he is one of the premier lyricists in hip hop of all time, uh, Inspector Deck uh, from the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, also a project called Czarface, uh, really an amazing person, Shaolin's finest, uh, and, uh, you know, responsible for some of the uh, most iconic verses in some of the most iconic songs, uh, such as Cream, uh, Protect Your Neck, uh, Triumph, and many, many others. Uh, the Mystery of Chess Boxing in particular, like just so many incredible verses and uh, Solo Project and Czarface, and now uh, getting involved in the cannabis business. So um, very interested to speak uh, with Mr. Jason Hunter, who you guys and I would know better as Inspector Deck from the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, coming up after the break. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. All right, welcome back to Grow Bud Yourself. We have a very special guest for you guys uh, this week. He is Jason Hunter, but you probably know him much better as Inspector Deck uh, from the Wu-Tang Clan and Czarface. Uh, Mr. Hunter, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely appreciate you and um, your lyricism over the years and all of the incredible uh, music and verses, I mean, just iconic verses uh, with Wu-Tang and with uh, Zarface um, and, uh, you know, as a solo artist as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's an honor and a pleasure to have you uh, on the show. Um, let's get into a little bit about, uh, you know, your, your experiences with cannabis. Um, you grew up on Staten Island. Um, that's kind of where, you know, known for sort of sour diesel <laughs> being kind of a home, home of sour diesel. Uh, but tell me a little bit about your early experiences with cannabis. Oh, yeah, man. Um, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood called Park Hill on Staten Island. And um, there used to be this uh, 
place on the fourth floor of my building where you can, you know, go get these nickel bags, right? Um, the weed wasn't quality. There's a lot of sticks and seeds in it. But uh, it was it was the best thing that we had growing up. So, you know, I grew up with the experience of smoking the dirt weed first. Um, and eventually we had got some good bud coming around. Like uh, there used to be a skunk weed, uh, chocolate tie stick and things like that. So oh, that was my early experience to that. And um, I, I was definitely in love with the chocolate tie for a while. Um, I know now. I notice nowadays you can't even find that, you know, the original. But um, you know, my earliest memories would be like, oh, we would go to Brooklyn from Staten Island and go get, you know, the chocolate tie, and we would go get the skunk, and then we would mix it together and create this new thing and be like stoned out of our mind, you know. And um, you know, taking it from there, it wasn't like too much uh, other things to get involved at that time, you know. Um, unless you were going like the cocaine route or something like that, you know, I've never was interested in any of that thing. So I've only pretty much been a, a marijuana user. Um, you know, I'm not a beer drinker heavy or, or anything like that. So, you know, it was, it was always fun to me because I thought that you could regulate it. You know, you can, um, you can, you can gauge which, where you want to be. Um, that's what I always liked about marijuana. If you felt like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a little bit too spaced out or whatever. You can kind of stop it as opposed to like alcohol, you know? Uh, and growing up with that spot in my building, you know, it was easy access to get things like that. So yeah, that's, that's my earliest experience. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, um, obviously you guys are traveling all the time. Uh, you just, uh, you're kind of in between dates right now. Um, I know you were in uh, South America recently uh, with Wu-Tang Clan and uh, touring uh, with, with Nas as well on some dates right now. Uh, yes. So where in your travels have you found like the best weed, like the, the highest quality, best flavor, best aroma? Yeah, that's that's a good question, man, because you, you get different things everywhere you go. So me being fortunate enough to travel around the world, I was able to sample a lot of different styles and types and you know up until recently i thought like uh california and canada had the best um denver as well colorado had had some some interesting things but i remember going to high times festival in california and i remember um guys over there gave me some bomb stuff um and then I thought that was the greatest until I went to Canada. And Canada gave me something that was like, oh, my God, what is this? Um, now, recently, I went to Vermont. Vermont gave me a, a strand called Sour Tangy. And I put that up there in my top five right now. Um, wow. it's, it's, I like the piney type, you know, the, the, the green piney stuff. Um, more sativa guy than an indica, but I do like the hybrids. Um, and like, yeah, Maine, Vermont, um, and, and even Boston, Massachusetts, where, you know, it's, it's legal. They, there's so much out there to choose from, but, you know, as I said, I like the, the nice green piney stuff that kind of hits you like the, uh, the original Northern lights and things like that. You know, the white widow from back in the days, like, I like those nice ones that, hit you quick and then, then fade off, you know? 
Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, this, this sticks and stems and seeds and all that. Where, where in the world did you find the worst weed <laughs> or the lowest quality? Oh, the lowest? It might have been the stuff I told you uh, that I grew up <laughs> that lived in my building, man. Uh, that was some of the most, you know, compared to what we have now, it was some of the most uh, underwhelming stuff that, I, that I've had. But if I could say, like, uh, out in the world... Um, I don't know. I, I, like when you go overseas, the quality kind of drops off. You know, like um, I've had stuff in Europe, let's say Germany, uh, Paris, places like that, it, where it kind of drops off. They're kind of like happy with what they have, what they have. I don't know, but uh, for me, it's kind of like a turn off. If if it's that bad, I won't I won't bother. You know, like I'll just say, wait <laughs> till hey, I get back to the states. But yeah, overseas has some pretty crappy stuff, man. Not everywhere, but you know, a lot of those places they don't have the culture, they don't have the uh, the community that surrounds cannabis. Right, right. Um, now, tell me a, a little bit about this project uh, with Coyote Cannabis in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, I, I I met you at the uh, Harvest Cup up there a few months yeah. back, and. Uh, um, we were talking about uh, this collaboration with Coyote Cannabis on products made with hash rosin. Uh, so yeah. can you tell me, yeah, tell me a little bit about that and and, and this unique project. Yeah, um, well, cannabis, you can see I got the nice cannabis Coyote hoodie on. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it was, uh, I met a, a cannabis lawyer, a, a, a great cannabis lawyer by the name of Blake Mensing. And um, he was representing, you know, a lot of different clients at the time, but he had mentioned, I met him to a family member, he had mentioned that he wanted to get out of the legal side and get more into the business. And, um, you know, he was running some ideas past me and we were talking to see, you know, well, how could Inspector Deck and Coyote team up and, and, and make something happen? And I'm not normally into like the vape pens and the oils and the, and the, um, you know, the waxes and the things that are out there. But he convinced me to try his uh, coyote, I believe it was some shatter, some shatter oil. And man, I tell you, when I when I hit that, you know, he, he hit it with me. And um, the one thing I was impressed with was the quality of it, you know, and he uh, he's very big on quality over quantity. And I noticed that in this rap game, even a lot of some of my brothers have their own, you know, my group members have their own strands and things going on, like Method Man, Ghostface. Um, a lot of the market is full of celebrities who endorse these products, you know, mainly for the check. They haven't really tried their product, you know, because some of them are really, you know, really low budget. Um, and Blake, he was like, hey, man, you know, I, I believe in quality of quantity, so here, try this. And I mean, I tell you, when I tried that shatter, uh, the hash rosin, it was for the first time. And I was just like, wow, it gave me like a nice kind of float back feeling. It wasn't too harsh. It wasn't too heavy. And, you know, it kind of like came and went. And, and I like to just stay. I like to be in control. Like, you don't want to be so spaced out that you, you can't function and things like that. So I was able to 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 hit that and I felt good and I said man this is some good stuff and he's like yeah you know we 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 cultivate our stuff we we, we we're hands on it's 
we filter out all the impurities and you know he, he goes really far in the process of making that stuff and um you know once i hit i was like yeah this is this is stuff this is good and i would feel good about putting my name on that product because i know that it hits and um so that's where we kind of came with the idea like hey, hey let's team up and so i came in as a you know, a, a partner, a small partner in this situation. But, um, you know, I felt good going into it. I feel like the product is really, really good. And uh, we have a lot of ideas coming forward. We wanted to start out with pre-rolls, which, you know, I have a Raleigh Fingers line. My, my alias in the group is Raleigh Fingers. So, you know, because I like to roll up, like I'm like a hands-on guy. And um, so, you know, we're going to come with the pre-rolls. We have an idea for some gummies as well as an actual flower for Raleigh Fingers. And, you know, in exchange, you know, I'm going to help push them with the Coyote brand, which is, like I said, I think it's a very good brand and I enjoy the products. And they're going to help me put my foot in the game and, you know, introduce the world to, hey, you know, we got these Raleigh Finger products as well. So it's a, an each one teach one type of thing, you know, but I think it's going to work out really well. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. People, uh, you know, I, it, one of the unique things for me is they do their own uh, cultivation and manufacturing. So it's not white labeling someone else's product. It's all done in-house, um, single sourced and all that. Um, so you can see that, you know, they're about the quality. Uh, and, you know, I think that's what, that's important. That's what, that's what sets apart uh, the product when, you know, when it's in a legal uh, atmosphere. So tell me a little, you know, a little bit about, you know, how you feel about, you know, think cannabis becoming more legal in places like Massachusetts and now even in your home, uh, you know, birthplace of New York, uh, it's, it's even legal here now. So, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about, because obviously the people, uh, most affected by, by the drug war, uh, were people of color, uh, who, were being locked up at rates much, much higher than the rate of, of, of uh, you know, population. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, man. You know, I'm one of those people that had some marijuana charges back in the days. Um, fortunately, I, you know, I wasn't a grower. I had any huge amounts, um, you know, but it's just something that stains your record. And, you know, it, it, they made it to be, you know, they villainized it back then. Um, Nowadays, it's good to see that, hey, you know, we're lowering the we're lowering the drawbridge on this stuff. Um, I don't think that it's 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 as harsh as people make it out to be. I don't believe it's a, the gateway drug or things like that. I believe it's something that you are in control of, and I think the more people legalize and the more people that that get on board with the game will realize that hey, it actually. Is helping your economy. It's helping you know your city. It's helping your state, or whatever the case. And um, I'm hoping that uh, Texas joins on board too, so we can have a few things going on out here as well as uh, Boston. Uh, I have a few offers for New York and California, things like that. So I'm trying to spread my wings, you know, little by little, slowly by surely, and get involved in all these states that are that are you know in full swing with it. Um, and, and I think the more people let the guard down, you'll, you'll see. And, and then, you know, I believe that it, it, it's it's medical properties as well, you know, the CBD aspect of, of cannabis and, and all these things that are helping people. 
Um, I believe that those are very beneficial. And it, it, you know, if you if you allow your city or your state to to become involved, I believe you'll help a lot of people as well. You know, um, I have family members that use cannabis for arthritis, for for their eyesight, for different things, for medical use. Um, and I think the more people let their guards down, you know, it's 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 only going to get better. You know. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because even in your line uh, in Cream about uh smoking cess uh and basically that's the time when you're not depressed i mean that's talking about medical marijuana even back you know in the in the 90s uh when it wasn't really even a thing as far as you know it being legal in california or any of that you were already kind of on top of the understanding that um that cannabis can help with things like depression or anxiety and things um yeah. so you you know you never really shied away from it and you know like to me that's interesting that you know that line uh and and you know obviously many others um and also yeah. talking about like the fear and the paranoia of you know being a target for law enforcement uh you know handcuffed in back of the bus and all of that i mean uh yeah. it just it just ring rings really true uh to your experiences as far as you know you yourself being a victim of uh you know the drug war and the mass incarceration rates and all of that yeah yeah and it's 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 crazy yeah because uh you know you 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 look at it now and say hey they decriminalized it and uh you know a lot of people were were free now um but you know to experience that in the beginning like you said when it wasn't a thing um you know it, it were like it was like you were a villain you know um if you smoked and, and things like that. And, and for me, yeah, I, you know, I went through the depressed phase. I went through the anxiety phase. And what I noticed is that, yeah, you know, if I smoke a little cannabis, uh, you know, get a nice little blunt or something, or a nice little joint, I was able to be calm and settle down and actually think. Um, you know, I don't know if that's backwards. Some people smoke and they get paranoid and, oh my God. And like, like for me, I was able to, you know, kind of sit back and, now I'm starting to think like, hey, you know, let me do this, let me do that. It kind of gave me a little equilibrium. Um, even to this day, you know, I don't, I don't smoke as much as I used to, but when I do, I like to smoke something good. Um, you know, I like to be in a, I don't like to be so much out and about with it, you know, out in public, but, you know, if I'm in a nice cozy place or a private place among friends and things like that, you know, I'm more of that guy now. Um, as opposed to, you know, when you're young, you don't care, you're smoking it everywhere, you're trying to hide it and, and smuggle it in places and stuff. But, you know, nowadays it's more, it's, it's a more of a free feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, but I also want to shine a light on on, on Zarface, uh, the project that you have. Uh, uh, you know, that's something I think, uh, you know, people uh, need to definitely check out and, uh, you know, has a, a, a more of a laid back kind of vibe than, I would say then the the woo uh stuff a little bit of a stonery kind of skatery vibe for me at least you know that's what i grew up you know listening to hip-hop but also skateboarding and and being involved in like the uh, graffiti and and kind of all these subcultures that were created uh by kids basically you know punk rock and 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 hip-hop they're all basically you know youth movements um so i think that's interesting to yeah tell me a little bit about Zarface and 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 uh you know, any future plans possibly as well. 
you you hit it on the head. Like uh, yeah, Wu Tang is such a hardcore group. You know, it's it's nine of us, and we all come from different hard parts and hard walks of life. And so the music represents that. Zarface is definitely more of the skateboarder, stoner, laid back, graffiti, classic. You know, the the purists. It's it's more for the purists who who you know who are not so much into labels or the commercialism of everything. Um, it allowed us to take, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, the stuff we grew up off of, uh, the Kung Fu theater. Um, and it, it's really just a mesh of a lot of pop culture as well. Um, in one, wrapped up in one, is our face allows me to have a little more fun with the music than Wu-Tang does. Wu-Tang is such a serious group, you know, it's all about Oh, your sword, your Wu-Tang sword play, and your tongue is a sword. And Zarface, I get to say, you know, catch me slow dancing with Scarlett Johansson. You know, uh, it's, 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 it's more fun and it allows, it brings more people in, I think. And um, I have a, a situation in, in uh, Massachusetts now with a company called Resonate that we're working with to bring out a Zarface strand. So, um, you know, everything... In moderation, we're doing things one step at a time as well. And, and and for me, I'm just learning the business. So, you know, I just I got my feet in the pool first before I dive in head first. And, you know, Zarface is gonna start out with their line, Raleigh Fingers is gonna have his line. So, you know, eventually that hopefully it leads to more, you know, more situations like that and bigger situations. But yeah, man, that that's the the skateboard stoner, you know, purist, like Everything under the hardcore hip hop, all of those subgenres, we kind of mesh those in one to make this Zarface thing. And um, you know, it's it, and it kind of was supposed to be that. Like we took Marvel's um, theme of the artwork and thing like that for our album covers. And um, because you know we all grew up with comic books, Seven L and Esoteric, myself. And so yeah, we wanted to take everything that we grew up with. And, and all the fun stuff out of being a kid and bringing it back for the adults who still love it. You know, we use a lot of WWE and Mean Gene Oakland and all types of, uh, you know, wrestling quotes and everything going on. And so, you know, like I said, it's, it's more fun and, it, and it's more inclusive. And, you know, that's why I love it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I recently finished uh, season three of uh, Wu-Tang, An American Saga, um, which was just just released uh, in the last you know couple months or so. Uh, and you can see through through, you know, these sort of mini movies that, uh, you know, as uh, Wu-Tang develops and, 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 you know, you guys form as a group and then achieve your success. And you can see that cannabis obviously plays a pretty uh, major role. Uh, especially like you mentioned with like Method Man uh, in particular. Uh, but what role does cannabis play in your creative process? Like, you know, whether do you, do you ever smoke before uh, writing lyrics or is that something you prefer to do sober or, you know, or both? <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's both. It depends on the environment I'm in. Like when I'm home in, a, in an environment like this, uh, I tend to just zone out and, and, and just go in in my writing process without the cannabis. Sometimes I may step outside, sit in the car and, and, and blast some tunes in the car and, you know, smoke my little, uh, smoke my little cush or whatever in the car. 
And then in the studio environment, it's a little different. Sometimes I have people around me. Sometimes I'm in there by myself, but I tend to, when I'm in a studio, I tend to have my cannabis with me. Um, doesn't matter. And in those times, I don't want like the strongest stuff. Those would be the times where like, yeah, I'll hit the, uh, the hybrids and things like that. Things that don't, uh, don't just pow. And then you're, you're like, put you to sleep. I don't like the sleep weed, <laughs> like the, the ones that just, yeah, like you smoke and the next thing you know, you, you can't even fight it. Like your eyes are heavy. Um, in the good tends to do that to me more than, more than anything else. That's why I like the sativas mostly, but, um, yeah, going in the studio, man, it's, it's, it helps you because I don't know, for me, like when I, when I smoke cannabis, it kind of takes me, it makes me think of things that I wouldn't have thought of had I been straight, you know, been sober. So I can, I can smoke some cannabis and I'll go in and say, you know, uh, I think of a movie. And then I'm thinking like, oh, how could I put that movie into a rhyme? You know, like a, to say something like the Terminator or, you know, I think of something like that and, you know, come with me if you want to live. I'll throw that in, in the line and, 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 and build a story around that. Or, you know, it's, it, it'll be a scene that I saw like uh, the Adjustment Bureau where, you know, he wasn't supposed to get off that bus to talk to that, that girl, Matt Damon, because now that threw his life off. So I take things like that and I say, hey, well, you know, if you follow this path and you don't do what you were originally intended to do, then your life can get thrown off too. And I try to relate those things through the music to the listeners. So when the listeners listening, they're not just hearing me being braggadocious about random things or, or, or you know, things of grandeur. They'll just, they'll hear me say something and they could apply it to themselves. That's what I, I wanted to be more known for in my lyrics to say, hey, you know, when you hear Inspector Deck, you have to listen to him. He makes you think. You go back and rewind or you go back and play it back. And you go, wow, that's what he meant. That's what he was saying by that. You know, I say that we're all in the same game, just different levels, dealing with the same hell, just different devils, you know. And um, I get things like that. When I when I hit the blunt, man, like if, I, if, I, if I try to think of that right now, it wouldn't even come to me. You know, so yeah, it definitely plays a big part in the creative process. And even like you said in the series, you know, going to Riz's house and meeting up with Ghostface and Raekwon and Method Man and Meth would always have some powerful stuff on him. You know, because I'm, you know, being next to Meth, I watch. He's like a weed magnet. He doesn't have to ask for anything. People just throw things at him. He's just like, oh my god, I got all of this stuff. So here, guys, boom, throw it on the table, <laughs> and you know, you take your pick. And, um, you know, it, it's just that it was it was definitely part of all of those classic albums, you know. Absolutely. Uh, now, what are your plans uh, for the future as far as uh, musically and also, you know, uh, with the collabs um, with cannabis brands and companies? Yeah, well, starting with um, Coyote, um, Coyote is like kind of my blueprint for all of the the deals and situations that I, that I want to do because I have such an interesting collaboration with Blake. Um, like I said, Blake started out as a, you know, as a Wu-Tang fan. Um, and then he sprung the idea of the cannabis on me. So, you know, we have a, a, a relationship that I think goes past just a business type of thing. 
Um, so I said, you know, this is going to be the blueprint. And he's, he's even offered to help structure those deals for me with other companies. So, you know, I, I think I found that to be amazing because most people don't do that. Um, but, you know, he's actually willing to help myself and my business partner get our feet, you know, into the game. And, you know, the resonate with cannabis, the company in Boston, um, with Zyreface, I mean, you know, we're trying to get Zyreface a couple of strands as well. Um, just to just to keep growing and expanding, you know, I could say now that, you know, I just want a couple of situations, but we can talk a year or two from now and it's like, hey, you know, I done made all of these moves and, you know, we've got Starface coming out and like you said, Oregon, we got, you know, another Raleigh Fingers coming out, the California deal or the Denver side. So, you know, these are all people and, you know, the people that Method Man, he has a strand, uh, his own brand called Tikal. Um, his people are helping me as well, you know, find different situations and, and bring uh, different deals to the table. And, um, you know, I just find like, you know, whatever comes that makes sense, you know, we're going to try to get as far as we can. You know, I have a, a company, Nine Chamber, Hunter Brown Holdings, that is designed for these type of things. And, you know, the sky, well, I won't say the sky's the limit, but, you know, we're, we're aiming for the sky and, and we're hoping that we can continue on into the future. And you never know, Inspector Deck may retire from Wu-Tang and, and, and be like Tommy Chong, you know, <laughs> be like a cannabis advocate, you know, for the, for the rest of my days. But, you know, for, for the most part, you know, I enjoy it, uh, you know, everything in moderation, of course. And, you know, we're just trying to expand on this from where we're taking it now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much uh, for being a guest on the show and telling us uh, more about this uh, collaboration. Uh, people should keep an eye out uh, for the new products, uh, gummies, uh, flour, pre-rolls, um, all, you know, also the uh, made with solventless hash rosin, which I think is really uh, interesting, unique, important, and also the future, because there's really no need at this point to use solvents when you're making these products, uh, when you can make such an incredible product um, without right. them. Uh, if you want to find out more, uh, go to inspectthedeck.world. Uh, uh, you can follow him on Instagram. It's INS uh, underscore Tagrams because <laughs> he's yeah. the rebel INS. Uh, you can also follow on Twitter. Uh, Coyote Cannabis is at coyotecannabisco.com. Uh, as yeah. well as Coyote Canna on Instagram. And uh, yeah, thank you so much uh, for, you know, the years of entertainment and, and everything that you've accomplished and also uh, for uh, getting into cannabis and, and, and having that be part of, uh, part of your story. Yes, and I appreciate you guys having me. And as I said, like quality over quantity, man. Hopefully you guys enjoy this stuff and look forward to coming soon, as you said. Coyote Cannabis, Inspector Deck, Raleigh Fingers, and also the Zyreface strand under Resonate. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's been an honor to have you on the show uh, and a pleasure. And uh, we will keep an eye out for these products and make sure that people know uh, when everything drops. And uh, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. And we will be back with more Grow Budget Stuff.
Hey friends, I just want to let you know that friends don't let friends bring clones home. You don't know what the phenotypes are. You don't know whether there's pests or disease on those clones. The only way to really truly guarantee you're growing the phenotype of choice is through seeds. And the best way to get the seeds you want is through Seeds Here Now. Established way back in 2010, Seeds Here Now has been satisfying customers with the best genetics from the best breeders in the world. Pretty much anyone you want, they've got. With an average rating of 4.8 stars, Seeds Here Now is one of the most trusted and respected seed banks in the world. And Seeds Here Now is the only seed bank with a satisfaction guarantee. Plus, Seeds Here Now offers regular deals on seeds. Just click the On Sale tab on their website to see that month's deals on a variety of incredible genetics. And if you sign up for their email list, you'll be entered to win free seeds every time a Seeds Here Now email goes out. And Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the promo code GBY10 for 10% off anything on the site. So check out SeedsHereNow.com and get started on your own dream garden. All right, welcome back, and uh, yeah, awesome, uh, awesome interview there with uh, Inspector Deck, Jason, a uh, very interesting guy who could talk to him for a lot longer uh, and keep an eye out for uh, his collaborations there with Coyote Cannabis. Um, yeah, what an honor to have uh, someone of his magnitude on the show, talking cannabis and all of that, pretty amazing. How do you feel, Mike? How are you? I'm good. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, I'm a big, big Wu-Tang fan, big lyricism uh, appreciator and supporter. And he's just uh, he's he's one of the greats. You know, he's he's uh, right up there, uh, you know, in, in, in top fives all over the uh, the universe. So um, thank you to him. Thank you. Uh, Inspector Deck, Jason, Rebel INS. Uh, Raleigh fingers keep an eye out for those <laughs> the Raleigh fingers <laughs> absolutely that, but yes that nickname. yes yeah for sure yeah well you know you in sports <laughs> right 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 but we are now in the cultivation segment so uh I want to uh give you guys a grow tip and the grow tip is I tried to make it timely for what's going on right around now um so the grow tip is basically uh, a beginner outdoor uh cannabis growing checklist so basically um a checklist of uh things you'll need and uh also things to keep in mind and consider uh when you're starting an outdoor grow uh so you know right now is when you should should you should be getting ready or ready already uh right now i mean jesus like 90 degrees here in new york right now but it's still it's springtime and spring is 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 the time it's the time for planting so uh outdoors has some interesting considerations so you first thing is location obviously you want uh an area that won't be uh seen uh there's different options obviously you know if you have uh outdoor space uh that you can place the plants in on your property um that won't be seen that's great you know by you know alongside the pool uh something along those lines um and then, you know, there's obviously the Gorilla Grow option, which I really don't recommend because uh, unless you have a really amazing location, you probably aren't going to get much out of it. Uh, and if you do have a great location, you still have to give up, uh, you know, a plant for pests, a plant for 
the weather, a plant, you know, it's just, it's diminishing returns. And most gorilla gardens actually don't get full sun either. So ideally what you've got is an outdoor space with full sun, like a roof deck, uh, balcony, uh, southern facing side of a hill is ideal um, as well. Um, southern exposure, because that's where the sun comes from uh, for the prime, you know, majority of the day, uh, basically, you know, rising in the east and setting in the west. So, you know, you want to basically have an area that's that's pretty well lit with full sun, if possible. Uh, if not, you know, you know, you can get four or five or six hours of full sun. You're not going to get nearly as much uh, of a yield with smaller amount of sunshine, but you will yield a, a decent amount. Uh, I definitely have had some gorilla grows over the years that have yielded really well uh, and that have been pretty well hidden too. Uh, but if you do have the full sun, that's great too. So location, really important. And of course, if you're fortunate enough to have a greenhouse, I mean, that's the best of everything because you, you, know, you can... Uh, use tarps to block the light and do light deprivation when necessary. You can uh, use lights uh, to uh, supplement light uh, to extend the vegetative time or the flowering time uh, in the fall and even going into the winter. Uh, so basically, you know, greenhouse is great. Uh, if no greenhouse, um, you know, just keep in mind the size of the garden. If you're going outdoors, you uh, you can't be growing in tiny containers like one gallon containers because they'll just they'll need to be watered way too much uh, in full sun. So uh, you just have to know like how quickly plants are going to grow and become root bound. Um, so if you, there now once you have the outdoor location figured out, then there's a question of uh, do you plant directly in the soil uh, or do you use containers or raised beds? Um, there's benefits to all of these different things and drawbacks. I mean, uh, containers are, the benefit is you can move them around. The drawbacks is that, you know, you have to water them far more often and uh, there's can be all kinds of issues, obviously, uh, with containers that can become root bound. Um, they can heat up uh, on the outside. So you don't want to use like black containers in full sun because it'll burn your roots at, you know, at the level where they reach the ed edge of the pot will be so hot that it'll burn the roots. Um, so, you know, white pots are better than black pots. Um, the bigger, the better, more root, more fruit, uh, the fewer times you're going to have to water. Uh, if you're in, you know, one to five gallon pots outdoors in full sun um, in the middle of summer, you may have to water multiple times a day, even, you know, depending on how much the plant is using up and how much evaporation is occurring. Uh, so drainage is important. Um, so directly in the ground, obviously, uh, you don't really want to go directly into soil that isn't like nice, loose garden soil. So I would say dig a big, deep hole as big and as deep as you can do and fill it with uh, soil soil mix, uh, pro mix, uh, bio 365, whatever you have. Uh, make your own amendment, you know, use your own amendments, make your own soil however you want it. Uh, but don't just go directly into like your yard soil. Uh, you want it to be uh, nice and loose and airy and have good drainage. Um, and so that's why raised beds are great too, especially raised beds that can move uh, if they're on like casters or wheels. Um, that's amazing because you get the best of both worlds. You have these nice deep, uh, deep beds that can handle a ton of root growth 
without any kind of competition. And also, uh, hopefully, you can move them around if if the you know get them right in the full sun um, when you need to. One thing I will say about full sun though is that it gets really really bright and strong. So during that those times uh, during the hottest time of the day, I would say between uh, 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Uh, when the sun is at its highest, uh, sometimes it's very helpful to have a shade cloth, you know, either with hoops or stakes or something uh, to basically protect your plants, also protects them from wind. Um, mulch is great uh, for those really hot days as well. Definitely a great idea to have mulch and not just a top layer of soil. Um, so that's a way to do that as well. Uh, but, you know, a sunbreak for the plants is definitely helpful. Um, definitely want to improve the soil, as mentioned, uh, and use uh, mulch. You can also, uh, compost is a mulch. I mean, just using fresh compost or cured compost uh, as a top layer um, will help your plants as a mulch and also sort of feed them, uh, feed the plants very lightly as well. Um, just make sure, like I said, that it's, uh, usable compost and not super fresh. You don't just want to throw banana peels right up on top of there. Um, although, you know, technically you can, but probably not uh, in some places with rodents and things like that. So anyway, uh, long story short, uh, in-ground planting is great, but plants can't move. Uh, pots are great, but you need big pots and you want to be able to move them. And uh, inside raised beds uh, is actually a great, uh, and you can continue to improve that as well. Uh, important to know about watering. Uh, make sure you have a watering method because outdoor plants in full sun need tons and tons of water, uh, and you never want them to really dry out all the way. I mean, they can dry out until they sort of droop, but you got to water them uh, and keep them alive if they're drooping for hours and hours or even um you know, a full day or something, they can die very quickly. So keep them well watered. If you can do it automated, that's great. Um, you want, you know, the right seeds and clones too for this, the right genetics uh, for your region. You don't want something uh, that's not going to be able to finish in time. Uh, you want something that, that's not a finicky kind of indoor plant that needs a lot of staking and um, doesn't get strong. Um Plant in the spring, basically, uh, after the equinox, March 20th. So right now is a great time to plant. Uh, and, you know, if you're bringing them from indoors to outdoors, just harden them over time. Don't put them in full sun immediately. Put them in, in a, a shady area outside. Let them acclimate over uh, a week or so to that sun. And then, and then you can graduate to um, full sun. Uh, growing outdoors is awesome. Uh, it's free light from the sky. <laughs> it's so it's pretty amazing. You can't really duplicate it. Uh, sun grown, you know, no matter what they say about like indoor versus outdoor, um, sun grown in full sun uh, is the expression of all of everything that this plant has to offer as far as terpenes, uh, essential oils, uh, flavonoids and cannabinoids. So grow outdoors uh, if you can uh, give the plants shelter if you can too from uh, some of the elements, but outdoor growing is great and fun and amazing. And here in New York, you can technically legally grow uh, outdoors, six plants per person, 12 per household, uh, if you have a medical card this season. So uh, give it a try. It's a lot of fun.
Yeah, for sure. And uh, if you do give it a try, this is the perfect podcast for you because uh, we're going to teach you how to grow. And uh, one of the ways we do that is through some questions and answers. And uh, why don't we get into that right now? If you have a question you would like uh, to ask and to have answered, get in touch with us. The email is info at growbudyourself.com. And uh, let's start off with our new friend, Jordan. And he writes... Hey, buds. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. I am ecstatically fantasticated, ecstatically fantasticated that you mentioned me after I wrote in. So thanks for that. It was awesome. <laughs> I have uh, six monthlings vegging and I have them in a mix of strawberry fields and Detroit Nutrient Company soil plus rice husks and worm castings. I've been aerating mixes of stump tea, blackstrap molasses and rarely a multivitamin blended up with eggshells. I recently started juicing again, so I have also added the pulp of carrots, celery, beets, cucumber, and ginger to aerate in a gallon jug a couple times now before straining and watering with it. I make sure to avoid citrus, and I have also started using small amounts of MaxiGrow 10, 5, 14. I have very low, slightly bushy plants due to tying them down with pipe cleaners, making small cuts and pinches and transplanting them deeper every time I do, two to three times so far. Uh, but despite the stress, they seem to be doing well, so I guess I'm high-stress training them. They're in a 2x4x5, and I have two 1,000-watt plates. Honestly, they're probably knockoffs because they were only around $85 each online for two different models. They're pretty decent, though, uh, so probably 150 to 300 watts each, plus two smaller 75-watt plates. I do have basil, tomatoes, rosemary, strawberries, and mint sprouting along the back for now. I just wanted to know if there's anything I'm using or doing I should be avoiding or doing more of. You guys are awesome. Thanks for everything. Keep it up. So, yeah, a little, little check-in from Jordan. You got any advice here, Dan? Yeah, yeah, no, it sounds like you're doing great. Uh month monthlings vegging. <laughs> I think that's the first time I heard of that. And um, fin and ecstatically fantasticated. Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh way with words, Jordan has. Um, but yeah, it sounds like your plants are doing great and uh very healthy sounding from what you're describing. Uh I love, you know, the uh the juicing and the uh aerating mixes of tea and all of that. That's all very well and good and having other plants in there too is 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 a great thing companion planting and little canaries in the coal mine too in the case of uh some plants like beans and as you mentioned basil uh but yeah i mean i guess uh all i would say is once they switch over to flowering uh you know you may want to boost with a flowering nutrient uh although you know maxi grow is great uh during that time i would say you want something with a little uh less on the nitrogen side a little a little more on the phosphorus and potassium uh, once the plants are flowering, but it sounds to me like they're doing great. Uh, the knockoff lights are a little bit of a throw off because they're so cheap. Uh, I don't know exactly, uh, you know, what you're, how, what you're working with there. Uh, but it sounds like the plants are healthy. So I mean, if anything, you could upgrade to, to better lighting. Uh, but other than that, I think, uh, you're doing great and keep up the good work. Indeed. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, let's move on to Bearded Long Hair in the City, who writes, uh, Hey guys, I'm finally taking the plunge and starting a grow in my apartment. Danny, I know you recommended a tent, but what size grow tent should I get? What do you think, Dan? Yeah, so this is a good question and definitely one of those questions beginners are baffled by because you go to the grow shop 
there's two by twos, there's three by threes, there's four by fours, there's two by fours. There's all these different sizes and heights and things um, and options. And so I would say, you know, there's a number of things you need to factor, you know, as far as what you need to get started. If you're a beginner, I would definitely start with a smaller tent. Uh, you know, you don't want to start with, a, you know, a, a eight by 10 or anything like that. That's the size of a huge room if you're just a beginner getting started. So I would say uh, three by three, two by two or two by four uh, is a great beginner tent. Even a four by four um, is fine for beginners. Uh, you just need a grow light that also doesn't generate too much heat. So I would say go go with LED lighting at this point, um, light emitting diodes. Um, you could go with CFLs, compact fluorescence, or uh, you know a bank of fluorescence. But I would say at this point, LEDs really uh, outperform uh, CFLs or banks of fluorescence really well. Um, low heat, low electricity. Um, if you're going to bump up to a larger size tent, uh, you know, you definitely need to consider lighting and also uh, dealing with heat. Uh, next question, I guess I would say is about affordability, what you can afford, because the bigger the tent, the more it's going to cost uh, and the more expensive the light will be. Uh, so uh, I would say, uh, again, also ease of use. Uh, you want to uh, factor in uh, being able to set it up and take it down as well as how much space it's going to take up in your, your home. Uh, you're living in the city, so I would imagine you're in an apartment uh, and you don't have a ton of extra space. So uh, that's an, a, an important consideration, um, being able to control the environment uh, as far as temperature and humidity uh, is important as well. Uh, and then I think as far as the space, like I said, I think a three by three is great. Uh, Two by two is the smallest I would go. I mean, I don't think they make them much smaller than that. Uh, I would go at least four feet tall uh, because you need space for the light. You need space for the plants and space between the light and the plants, uh, which a lot of people forget about. They let the plants grow right up into the light. Um, so I would say, you know, consider your budget uh, as far as the costs uh, are concerned, uh, what kind of light you're going to use and, and what the footprint of that light uh, is like. Um, you know, smell is a concern too. Activated charcoal filtration is going to have to be um, employed with a fan that that's sucking air out of your tent. Um, and, you know, assessing your electrical capability uh, is important too, uh, particularly if you're not going with LEDs. If you're going with HID lighting, that's going to use a lot more uh, electric. Um, and then uh, as far as exhaust, um, you know, cubic feet per minute, is, is how you rate the exhaust fan. So whatever your cubic feet is at the size of the tent uh, is how you're going to want that fan to basically uh, replace the air in your tent every three to five minutes or so. Um, plant amounts are basically the last consideration. Uh, like I said, six plants per person, 12 per household is what we have here in New York, but uh, three of those are mature flowering plants and three of those can be uh, not mature flowering plants out of the six. Uh, so that has to be a consideration too, uh, as far as how many plants you want to put into the tent. Uh, and the amount of plants is going to also determine how long your vegging time in that tent is going to be. So basically, uh, I would recommend for a beginner either three by three, uh, two by four, or four by four uh, for the size of the tent and for the height, at least four feet. 
Um, then as you move on, you're going to probably want to have more than one tent because uh, you'll want to have one tent that's handling your uh, mother plants, uh, your vegging plants, and your clones, and another tent uh, just for flowering plants. Ultimately, uh, you can work yourself, you work your way up to that, or you, there are tents you can purchase that have uh, two different chambers, uh, either up above each other or side by side. Um, the important thing there is just to keep, make sure that they're light tight uh, from each other because the vegging lighting schedule is different from the flowering schedule. That's why they can't all be in the same room uh, or the same tent. So um, that's what I would recommend as far as the sizing of a indoor grow tent. All right. Excellent. Thank you, bearded long hair. Uh, we're running a little long here, but let's try to get this last question in real quick. It comes from Diane and she writes, uh, hey guys, how long should I keep my plants in their vegetative stage indoors before flowering? How many weeks do I let them grow bigger and how tall will they get before that time? What do you think, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. So this is one of the advantages to growing indoors is you pick and choose uh, when you start the flowering process. So the, the length of the vegetative time uh, you determine. Uh, you can also determine this uh, in, a, in a greenhouse outdoors um, with light deprivation or light supplementation. Uh, as long as your plants aren't auto flowering, that's another thing to consider um, because auto flowering plants just grow to a certain size and begin flowering automatically, no matter what. Um, but indoors, you pick and choose. So you, if you want to have the vegging plants, uh, you keep the light on for 18 hours uh, a day, per day. If you want to have flowering plants, you switch it to 12 hours on, 12 hours off um, using a timer. Um, as far as when to do that, it's really up to you. That's the cool thing is like um, you determine how long of a veg time there is uh, based on how big you want the plants to be eventually. So, and I always, I've, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I recommend a gallon of, uh, of growing material medium for every week of veg time. So basically if you have like a five, four or five gallon container, you want a four or five uh, week veg time. If you have a 10 gallon container, you want a 10 week veg time, but basically right around the same amount of gallons to weeks of veg time will give you plenty of space for the roots to to, to grow. Um, and then once you switch the light cycle to that 12-12 flowering uh, period, you want to make sure, one, that nothing interrupts the dark uh, dark cycle, the 12 hours of that the lights are off. Um, and keep in mind that there's a stretching period. Uh, so there's several weeks that the plants are transitioning uh, from the vegging stage to the flowering stage, and they're going to continue to grow during that time. We call that the stretch uh, some plants have a longer stretch than others. Um, so, you know, like I said, one week for every gallon of container uh, is pretty much a good uh, idea. And if if your plants basically take two months to flower, which is pretty average, like 60 days, and you do a 30-day veg, that's four harvests per year. So it's like a month of veg, two months flower, a month of veg, two months flower. And in that way, you can get four harvests per year indoors. Um, so that's kind of what I'd recommend, especially for beginners is start with four or five gallon containers, um, veg them for four to five weeks, and then begin the flowering period and you'll have buds to smoke in, uh, two months plus drying and curing. All right. Excellent. 
Thank you, uh, Diane. Thanks to everybody who wrote in this week. If you have a question you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. The email is info at growbudyourself.com. You could also get us on Patreon, on YouTube, all these socials. Um, what do you say we take a little break, come back, and then wrap this one up? Let's do it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome back. Uh, action-packed show for you guys, episode 112. This is The Wrap. Just want to thank uh, Jason Hunter, Inspector Deck, uh, for coming on the show. want to thank our friends uh, at Coyote Cannabis uh, for making that happen and helping us out with that. Uh, DJ Jacques and Winstrong, episode sponsors, seedsherenow.com. Check it out. GBY free ship is the code for free shipping on all seeds. And they have an amazing special running uh a sale from the 17th of April to the 20th of April. Uh, Check out their social medias. Tell them we sent you, please. We're so happy to have them as a sponsor. Uh, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, uh, the nutrient brand that's been with us since the beginning. Danko15 is the code there for 15% off uh, at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E dot com. Thank you to John and Megan over at Sweet Leaf. And Excelsior Extracts. Um, their THC infused pain relief rub is amazing. Everything they do is amazing. Uh, I want to thank Tommy uh, and say RIP to Elaine and uh, send our love to all their friends and family, all of uh, everyone um, that's part of the Excelsior Extracts uh, uh, team and 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 family because uh, we love you guys and uh, you know you remember you forever. Uh, Vapor.com is an affiliate. Uh, so you can check them out for all your uh, smoking needs. Uh, the code is GrowBudYourself20 for 20% off everything site-wide. They have every vaporizer you've ever heard of, plus ones you haven't. Um, they have you know, all of it. They have Puffco's. Um, they have all the tools you need, uh, rolling papers, uh, volcano vaporizers, uh, trays, CBD products, everything. So check out vapor.com. Use that code. Grow bud yourself 20 for 20% off everything. Um, thank you to you guys for listening. Thanks to the YouTube subscribers, um, the Patreon supporters in particular. Those are the listeners who actually pay uh, starting at like $4.20 a month to join our Patreon. We're going to put some stuff up with deck and all kinds of cool stuff there. Uh, so please, uh, if you can join at any level you can, we've got all kinds of free gear and things that you get, including a copy of my book, uh, grow by yourself stickers, sweet leaf nutrients, um, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, you can even get a mention on the podcast 
at certain levels of uh, Patreon support. So please do support us. And thanks to all of you guys for listening. Thanks to all our supporters out there. Uh, keep spreading the word. Keep spreading the seeds. And uh, grow bud yourself. Episode number 112. Let's put it in the books.